now tuning into the All I Need podcast. But uh, I'm just so glad it's skateboarding. It's been the one thing that came to me at the right time. It could have been anything I imagined, but skateboarding was what it was. That's why I love skateboarding to death. That's right when I found skateboarding. Like my friend showed me it and I was like flashed onto it because it was the only thing at that time that was really fun and like my escape and I fell in love with it, you know? Every episode is brought to you by All I Need. We are throwing the All I Need Summer Jam Skate Contest at Uxbridge, Mass. on July 10th, which is a Saturday. It is $50 to enter. All the entry fees go directly to the skate park fund. So if you come, shred, have a blast, you might win some prizes, some decks from All I Need, World Industries, uh, Vulture Crew as well, and all you're also supporting the park. You're gonna your entry fees go directly back into building more epic shit at the skate park. We have three divisions. We have a beginner division for all you young bucks out there that want to come throw down. We have a 35 and over division for all you legends out there that love skating and want to contribute and help the park grow. And then the big boys at the end. We will have the advanced division, the hungry, hungry ams out there that want to come throw down. We also might do a best trick as well, um, but it's going to be an epic day, man. I'm going to hook up my PA system, which thumps, and uh, I invited Brandon Westgate and Donnie Barley to come out, guest judge, guest announce with me. I'll have the microphone. Uh, we'll have an epic playlist going. Clyde Singleton said he might roll out. Let's see. That could be awesome. Uh, again, that's Saturday, July 10th at Uxbridge Mass Skate Park. All I Need Summer Jam Skate Contest. Also, please check out alineedskate.com. That is our online skate shop, and we just put up four new t-shirts for pre-book on the site. Don't miss out. These are the most comfortable t-shirts, and these are brand new designs. I'm super stoked on. I'll put them up here so you can see them. You can pop them up and see them. We always do limited runs on the t-shirts, so we are pre-booking these now so you can guarantee that you get one. We also have All I Need Summertime Shorts up on the site. We have our skateboard decks. A lot of you guys hit me up about the skateboard decks. I updated the online skate shop, so there are now four different sizes of most of our graphics. You got 8.1s, 8.2s, 8.3s, and 8.5s. Uh, all types of six skateboard graphics on there. Uh, tons of apparel, socks, hoodies, you name it. We are also brought to you by the legendary World Industries. Please check out worldindustries.com for all the classic artwork, skateboard decks, and apparel. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Complement your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Here is the Lawnmower 4.0. This thing's got a sleek design. It works super easy to turn on and off. It trims perfectly, doesn't nick the nutsack. Uh, I really enjoy using this. Helps keep me clean. It will do the same for you. They also have their Weed Whacker, which is an electric nose and ear hair trimmer. I've been using both these products, and they work perfectly. They keep me nice and groomed up. My lady's been loving it. 
Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code AIN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code AIN at manscaped.com. If you cop anything from our three sponsors, that directly helps keep this podcast rolling. If you want to help the show and you don't have the dough to cop anything from the sponsors, the easiest way to support the show is to go to the iTunes store, type in All I Need Skate Podcast, and rate and review our show. That helps move us up in the iTunes algorithm and helps get the show out there. It's a great way to support the podcast without having to spend any dough. And I love reading your reviews. And now for the episode with John Montesi, we talked all about his pro career with New Deal, going on tours all over the world, uh, doing skate demos with the Ramones playing in the backdrop, uh, demos in football stadiums, 25 years of his skate shop, Westside Skate Shop. We, uh, he also gives some shout-outs and talks about his relationships with uh, Schmidt Sticks, Steve Douglas, Andy Howell, Ron Allen, Tyrone Olson. We talk about Spot Tampa, um, Thomas Taylor, Stratosphere Skate Shop, Chad Kramer, all types of epic humans, man. Uh, I really enjoyed this episode. I'm stoked for you to check it out. Keep killing it, my homies. You. Hell yeah, John. <laughs> we figured this shit out. <laughs> what up? The Zoom meeting link from hell. Yeah, man. We've been trying. This is day number two, but we pulled it off, man. No one wanted to hear us. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> we were silenced on both sides. Yeah, but in typical skateboarding <laughs> fashion, we didn't give up. We were like, fuck it, dude. This trick's going down. I don't yeah, of course, fuck. exactly. They don't want us <laughs> skating here, but we don't care. We're making this shit happen. <laughs> um cool man well i'm stoked you made it i'm stoked we made it this is good you just thanks for the invite yeah no worries man i got some coffee you got coffee too uh dr pepper (laughs) (laughs) damn jealous (laughs) yeah still i have like one one or maybe two sodas a day so nice treat myself here and there i get that I kind of cut down on my soda consumption a while ago, but I still like if I come across a ginger ale, it's kind of hard not to. <laughs> yeah, a lot of my friends don't drink it. I'll drink, you know, like I said, maybe some days I won't drink it. But <clears throat> if I have something, any little caffeine jolt, I'll do it. I don't drink coffee. It tweaks me out. It's like not meant for me. Yeah, I've, uh, people that listen to my podcast know I've uh, been battling with the coffee thing like off and on. I actually decided that I'd stop drinking coffee every day and just do it once in a while, uh, mostly when I podcast. Yeah, my buddy Adam Haley, he um, um, he's up from Philly up there. He um, he's a huge, huge coffee addict. He uh, like that's all he has. There's always a coffee in his hand. He um, he actually uh, ran failure back in the day. Failure. Failure. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's cool, dude. He's up in Vermont now building a house. But oh, Vermont's beautiful, man. Yeah, you're in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. Speaking of um stuff, might as well let you know this. You're a fellow Massachusetts. Um my you're a legendary chem dog. Yeah, glass blower, and then you guys just did recreational up there, and he runs the grow up there. But him and Mike Dare collab together on a deck, 
that's coming out um that July looks sick 10th, i actually helped along with it so we got a little uh made by west side right there but uh damn that's so sick yeah, yeah so Maybe the way we should start this off with is just like, what have you been up to? What's new? What's going on? What's your life, your daily struggles and stuff going on now? What's going on? All right. Well, yeah, pretty much. I have three kids, three boys, one 16 and 13-year-old twins. Nice. So it's pretty much, you know, the grind with children every day, me and my wife, Liz. Uh, you met her. She hooked up the podcast. <laughs> The visuals um and then you know run west well my guys run west side skate shop i kind of oversee everything got a little crew there so they give me the freedom to be able to be home with my kids you know so um yeah do the shop and then um we're just finishing um one of our first videos we haven't done a video in a long time called heat stroke it's all kind of the local kids around here this one uh, it's going to be about like 25 or 30 minutes. We're premiering it on Ghost Skateboarding Day um, over at the Bricks. And then um, after this, next year will be 25 years of Westside. So we're going to do this video that's coming out to VX. It was just a bunch of old, you know, a bunch of VX stuff the guys all had. They wanted to kind of do a little VX project. The next one will be digital and um, we'll be able to have everybody. So it'll be kind of people from the past, the new guys, hopefully some guest friends, maybe get some clips from Reynolds and people like that. So we'll see how that goes. Some Lenosi. So, yeah, I was checking out the West side YouTube channel, like right before we started recording. Um, and I saw a couple promos for a uh, heat stroke and yeah. uh, West side Wednesdays and stuff. You guys have been killing it. Yeah, we started that. I hired uh, Ryan, who's our filmer. Um, I hired him right, kind of right before all the hell happened. Um, and then since he's he's been on, we've been able to do the West Side Wednesdays, film for the video, and then now work on the next project. So I kind of yeah. wanted to. Skateboarding did well during the during the craziness, the pandemic, and. Uh, I took that money, put it into Ryan, the filmer, started West Side Wednesdays, working on the video, and then be working on the 25 years. So I kind of took the money I made and threw it into the team guys and, you know, yeah, pot. <laughs> That's a good, it's a good investment too, you know? No, it's fun. You know, I mean, it's, it's cool seeing everybody come together, get their clips, travel, you know try to put a project together so it's been fun and this one's good because it kind of gives everybody a test of the water so for the next video you know like this one here i didn't i don't have any clips i just have a one little just boring trick because i've been hurt but hopefully for the next one my body will let me skate for a little bit <laughs> what's uh what's the injury uh, well, I just third knee surgery. My back knees just bone to bone. So it's just no fun. <laughs> what, what do they do for that one is clean it out. Yeah, I kept cleaning it out. And then I had arthritis in there too. So when they cleaned it out and took the arthritis out now, when I skate within like a half hour, my knee gets the size of like uh, a watermelon, the back knees. So 
it's just hard to bend and jump. I can ride around, but you know, jumping and compressing and stuff, that's when it starts to really uh put a damper in the game. <laughs> Be I know I'm nine in what two weeks. So happy birthday presents. <laughs> <laughs> 49 is pretty good dude you had a good run uh as far as probably jumping down stuff up to that point it's just one of those things you know some people can go forever and then some people just have that one slam that just screws you up and then just it's just you know hard to come back i made it pretty long i think when i was 42 is when i really like hurt the back knee and then that that surgery pretty much was the one that kind of was the battle since you know yeah i battle with knee issues too man i was i think we were talking about that before just uh my left my front knee just tore that when i was younger and never got it fixed and just skated through it and then uh uh almost 40 now 38 oh you're so young <laughs> <laughs> yeah but my knee's like 65 it feels yeah dude <laughs> When they scoped my knee, the doctor said I had knees of a 65-year-old, <laughs> 40, 42 or 43. I was like, oh, cool. Thanks. <laughs> forward to or 40. I was 45, 45. Yeah. yeah. God, it's all a blur. Shit, it's been four years. Well, let's go. Let's time travel back into the right. day. Let's go back to um, maybe let's just start with uh, where you grew up, how you found your first board. Take me from there a little bit. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. That's cool. We're going right. back. We're going back. Going back. All right. So classic Florida moved here and I'm from Connecticut, uh, Southbury, Connecticut, um, moved to Florida when I was eight, um, started skating when I was 12. So kind of tried everything else before then nothing worked, tried football, got run over. Tried baseball, got bored, tried soccer, broke all my fingers, like, you know, and then, and then I got, uh, come here. then I got a um, sister's boyfriend bought me a remote, remote control skateboard or no remote control helicopter. And I brought it home. We started up, this was 19, what, 83, 84 and um, started up, caught on fire, exploded. So we brought it back to Toys R Us. The next day, it was like 150 bucks. Sorry, my dog's crazy. Um, <laughs> brought it back to, here, I'll show you. Here, Angel. Say hi. Oh, good boy. Good boy. What are you doing? You want your ball? <laughs> you want your German ball. Shepherd? Yeah, oh, Shepherd. Husky, actually. Oh. Yes. Angel. Where are you at? Where Dude, you? I had no idea you were from Connecticut. Um, yeah, yeah, born and raised in Connecticut. Came here and then, um, yeah, my dad came to America on the Andrea Dora. I think it was in 1958 from Italy. Whoa. And it sunk on the way back. <laughs> it was like the Titanic, but it was a whole bunch of Italians. So you don't really hear about it. So it I made... never really, like my parents told me this story and I never really believed it. And then one day I was watching the History Channel and all of a sudden the Andrea Dora. And I was like, Oh shit, they weren't lying. Like for real. Like <laughs> really did come over on a boat. <laughs> it really did sink. Like that's wild. Uh, yeah, yeah. So my dad's full-blown Italian. He met my mom. She's from Vermont in Connecticut. So um boom, there's me and my sister. 
Was, um, the boat, was the boat made of spaghetti? Is that why it's saying? Yeah, I know, right? It's in can. <laughs> it's rigatoni. Bar. Rigatoni, yeah. In gnocchi. Potato. It was a big potato boat. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's funny. So silly. All right. So anyway, so this this helicopter blows up. It's all catches on fire. I look at my sister's boyfriend like, oh, killer. So we bring it back to Toys R Us. He's like, I'm bringing that back. So we bring it back to Toys R Us. And I'm walking down the aisle. And all of a sudden, there's this glowing pink and orange things in a box. And I look over and it's a Nash Executioner. And I was like, can I get that instead? And he looks at it and it was like 25 bucks. And the helicopter was like 115. He's like, sure, no problem. <laughs> so he gets to this. I'm like, killer, I skateboard. Because let me go back before this. There was this roller spring called Astro Skate in Tarpon Springs. That's world back in the 80s and 90s. It was, I would probably say world famous because there people came from all over visiting Florida and would end up at Astro. But pro-wise, I mean. Let me go before the pros. So there was this roller rink called Astro Skate, and they had this little mini ramp in a metal cage. And I was 12 years old. Yes, 12 is 12. And I went there for, I think it was a sixth grade school party, and we're roller skating, and there's this dude skateboarding in this cage. And we're like, wow, that looks so cool. So I was just, so... Fast forward after that party, the helicopter blows up. I'm at Toys R Us. This is probably three weeks later, a month later, because school gets out June, birthday, June 27th. So makes sense. See the skateboard, get skateboard. All right, start skating. Well, you know, Nash is, they didn't roll. So you get on, you oh. push, you stop, push, you stop. So I show up at school with the Nash. All the kids have their boards and they're gone. And I'm like, hey, guys, where did everybody go? I'm like, this sucks. So I take board home, try it the next day. Everybody's gone. I'm like, what's going on? So I go, hey, man, before they all took off on me in the second time, I go, let me see your board. And I got on. I was like, oh, wow. I can like ride and catch up to you guys. He's like, yeah, I got this at Robbie's Sporting Goods at the mall. And I was all, Robbie's Sporting Goods. All right, so I go home. Angel, here, let me, let me hold on a second. Do your thing, do your thing. You realize you didn't suck as bad because <laughs> you had a shitty board. <laughs> I like that painting in the background too. Oh yeah, it's pretty cool. It's that's what my buddy uh, Hans did that. Um, anyway, sorry about that. The dogs drive us nuts the whole time. Um, so I get on the board. I'm like, oh wow, this thing actually works. So I beg my parents, mow lawns, do all this stuff. Finally, bring me to Robbie's Sporting Goods in the mall. Walk in, and all the boards are way up top on the wall. And I'm just looking, and there's a white one with a skull and green wheels. And I'm like, I want that one. Well, it's the Vision Old Ghost Guardian. Come oh, to find cool. out, it's John Grigley. He was originally from St. Pete. He's out in L.A. now, but he's, you know, he was like St. Pete legend. So I kind of picked, you know, a St. Pete local. Then come to find out later, Grigley and Schmidt 
you know, then I wrote for Smith Sticks, then New Deal. So it's kind of like weird how it all came together. But anyway, so Vision, Old Ghost Guardian, I get that. Finally can keep up with everybody, start skating, meet people like Mike Dare, my friend Shane Carpenter, um, start skating with those guys a lot, then create my own little crew of people, then get sponsored by this company called Exile. I was, the guy came to Astro Skate because Astro Skate after the mini ramp in the cage when skating got more popular they actually built a six foot ramp and a vert ramp in the back the vert ramp in the back for mike frazier and those guys would always skate is this uh at this time it's just like uh not really full-on street skating it's just like a lot of launch ramps and mini Total ramps launch well. ramps yeah it wasn't the you know crooked grind air and stuff this was the ho-hos jump ramps um this was pre h street so because once hocus pocus came out that's when they had like um a full street course with hips and quarter pipes and everything time before it would just be like uh ramps to a wall for wall riding over the door gaps and jump ramping was that era that's I, that, was, that was that was I, I had so much fun the ho-ho and wall ride era like big jump ramps and <laughs> the flat like <laughs> That was a really fun time, I thought, in skating. Yeah, my friend Kevin, he's, like, younger than me, but he kind of skates out of that era a little bit. He loves launch ramps and wall rides over stuff, and, like, he's totally of that cut from that cloth. Yeah, I always thought wall rides were rad because they're like a spider crawling a wall, you know? It's like, I don't know, I always thought it was unique, you know? You're, like, defying gravity, you know? You're riding a wall, you know? Yeah, from an out, like if you don't know how it's done, it just looks impossible. You're like, oh. exactly. Like he's hauling ass. <laughs> You're like, how do you do that? Especially I actually now that's one of my hardest things to do because of my back knee, because I don't have that power to pump. It's like, and once I hit the wall, I'm like, <laughs> just <laughs> smash into the it wall. like a turd. <laughs> the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I struggle with like straight wall rides. Like I used to, when I grew up skating like New York City, I was follow Steve Rodriguez from Fiber around and he would be smashing into all the walls and I could never really figure it out. Like still can't to this day, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of them. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, like I still can't do a regular hard flip. So <laughs> and some people are like, oh, it's just, you know, like, oh, no. I did a switch ones, but that was it. Never could do a regular hard flip. Um, what were your parents like about skateboarding? Were they cool with it? Your family? Um, yeah, at first they didn't understand it. And then it was something they could drop me off, go shopping, come back and pick me up type of thing. So, and, you know, and I was always, you know, super doing it, super busy. Babysitter and, style. What's up? babysitter like skateboards your babysitter yeah kind of babysitter style but then you know they saw how I, that's all i wanted to do so they were really supportive like if i wanted to go somewhere they'd give me money or they'd send me whatever they could do um my dad you know he came from italy where he was during the war he was locked in the basement with the men as the women were upstairs as the germans came and attacked italy so 
he came from living on a farm, um, selling the meat to live, using the parts to make sauce to eat, you know, like he came from a really poor, poor family. So when he came to America and then finally got jobs and everything, he started bowling at the Lions Club. And he was like, strike, 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 strike. He just smashed the balls. He's a bigger Italian guy. So <laughs> the one guy goes, well, why don't you try to, you know, maybe do, you know, try professional bowling. He's like, ah, that ain't funny to make my feed my family. So they never understood, you know, like I worked construction with my dad in the morning. I'd either run the water truck or I'd help load some dump trucks or you know, I'd go clean out houses or whatever final grades or whatever jobs I had to do in that one o'clock, then I could go and skate. Then I'd come home at like 10 at night and wake up at five in the morning. So they saw my passion with it and I put my time in to help. So they always kind of, if I needed money, they gave me money, you know, gave me a car, but you know, I did my part too. It was kind of a balance. It was never like a, here's your check. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, the Italian way you do this, we take care of you this way type of thing. So, yeah, it's good. It's good to have that man, like just that structure and discipline and work ethic kind of built in as a young kid. Cause you know how it is. A lot of people get into something, they kind of drift off into delusion thinking they're going to be the, the next star and they don't even have any life skills. And you're like, what the fuck are you going to do, bro? Totally. Totally. Oh man. Totally. Yeah. No, it's, uh, Luckily, I mean, the era now, though, it's crazy. Like the kids that work for my shop when I was their age, I mean, they're like, yeah, I got some stock on my app and uh, buying Bitcoin and all this and trading. And I'm like, I mean, like I would have never thought of that level of it. But they're more into the tech world than the labor world. You know what I mean? Like ways to make money on your phone and stocks and stuff like yeah they have the they have the capabilities like we didn't really have the easy capability that they have now because like a lot of my team riders are the same way they're showing me their apps and their stocks and they're going up and down and shit and i'm like yeah it's just at your fingertips now and you can figure it out yeah but you know do you guys know how to fix your mower? You know, it's like, it's like, does the app help with the mower? No. <laughs> and that's, that's so true, man, because we're in desperate need of people that can do like, uh, uh, like trade school, like voc school work, yeah. like plumbers and electricians. Totally. Are you having that problem up North right now where the restaurants are, the tables are only half or half open because they don't have enough servers and cooks? to work yeah i've seen work i've seen a little bit of it i haven't really like i mean i've heard the news you can't really trust any of the news or media bad right here it's so bad right now in florida there's billboards and signs everywhere because we're we're you know we've been pretty much open most of the time so everyone's been flocking to florida i think we're getting like three thousand people a day when we were getting like, you know, what was it? 3000 people a month. <laughs> it's like changed. Yeah. It's like 3 million people a year or something crazy. It's yeah. now it's 6 million or something like, because people are selling their houses in California for 800,000 coming to Florida and 
buying a $300,000 house and they got 500 G's in their pocket just to chill. Like it's crazy. Yeah. And Florida has been one that wasn't so hard on the restrictions. So it doesn't. Exactly. So So everyone's been running here. Yeah. It's been insane. Yeah. Uh, Up here. It's just, uh, it's mellowed out. I feel like we had a good balance up here for the most part, but it's uh, I know there's work issues, like people trying to find, people to work is kind of a i saw a mcdonald's someone told me they're hiring for 19 dollars an hour yeah like, they're paying what? yeah they're paying like i mean you're only gonna work part-time they won't give you full-time at 19 but they're just trying to get anybody they can because no one wants to work because they're still getting their unemployment yeah yeah um, crazy times um, dude yeah anyway so go back to skateboarding um yes <clears throat> so i arrived for this small company exile the guy eric stuck comes to astro skate they had a contest he's like hey you ride for anybody i was like no he's like well do you want to be sponsored by me i was like mm, sure what's sponsored so he goes well i'm gonna send you some boards i'm like all right cool so a week or two later i get a box and it was two boards one was new and one was the one he was riding because he skated vert so it just had like one little layer scratched off and i was like a pig and shit like oh my god look at this and he had like little homemade stickers and everything and the guy was super cool he was in the military in valdosta georgia and he started this small little skateboard company and he did it for a couple years we actually did like a little tour through georgia to a couple skate parks and i probably i was like 15 then maybe so maybe 16 that was really cool so anyway so i'm riding for the small company then i get on a few other small people i rode for like small room exile epic rode for small room epic and then i was not really riding for anybody and um wait wait epic was it the shoe brand epic no the there was a board brand called epic um okay uh, it was up north. It was it was kind of like one of the cheesier things, but it was free. You know, back then it was free board. She, I remember yeah. motorbuilt trucks because they sent me a free set. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what was I saying? Anyway, so anyway, so I go to St. Pete had this pro contest, and um, I was riding for Thunder then. So I picked Trugi up from the airport and brought him down there. And I was down there hanging out. They let us skate the street course. It was in downtown St. Pete. It was the one like Gons was in. Um, Jason Lee. Jason Lee did the, I think Gons did the front to 180, fakey 50-50 down the rail in the contest. Um, so anyways, Ron Allen was there. He needed a ride to his hotel. So I was like, hey, I'll give you a ride. So I give him a ride down the street. And then he's like, he had his boards in his room. And he goes, hey, you want a board? I was like, oh, hell yeah. I should I bought like four of these you know so <clears throat> he was so i rode that board went to astro skate again astro is a spot went there a week or two later we went there every like tuesday every saturday whenever they had it so we all went skating because they'd pull it out only on certain days you can skateboard and paul smith shows up and he's like saw me in the st pete qualifier contest i think i got like fourth or sixth place to go to alabama and he saw me riding the H Street board. And he goes, you ride for H Street? And I was like, no, just Ron Allen gave me a board. And he's like, well, I got some Smith Sticks product in the car. 
you want to try it out? I was like, hell yeah. So I got the car and he gives me like three or four boards, pile of wheel, like this huge pile of shit. I'm just like, holy shit. And he's like, film for the Smith Sticks video. And, you know, maybe we'll get you a part or get on the team or something fully. And I was like, all right, cool. Little did I know that that video that I filmed was being watched for New Deal. And Andy Howell and those guys picked me out of my sponsor me video to Smith for a new deal. So I was one of the first three street skaters picked for the AM for new deal. Sick, so that, man. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Thanks, Andy Howell. <laughs> Thanks, Paul <laughs> Smith. Thanks, Steve Douglas. All those guys. Best warm. But, um, Good on Ron Allen, too, to hook you up. Yeah, so, yeah, Ron Allen's like my brother. And Tyrone, T-Bone, that's our crew. Yeah, yeah, you got to come to Tampa. You know who's riding out. (laughs) Yeah. You've been here. You've you've, you've chilled with us. Yeah, hell yeah. Have you ever got T-Bone on? Say it again? Have you ever had T-Bone on? I want to say yes. I've been doing this podcast for, like, 10 years maybe more now and i yeah, want to remember if you guys did one or not i did i did it because i remember he was smoking out of his like bong <laughs> thing the whole time <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i know i know it's awesome <laughs> i love T-Bone. he's the best <laughs> yeah he's Dude, uh, uh talk about someone that's has not skipped a beat in ripping my Dude. god dude warrior yeah Still he's got like so with the VX, we didn't. He does all digital footage. So with the VX, we didn't have any VX stuff. So we're gonna do a little commercial for the 25 year video with with T Bones, some of T Bones digital footage because he has like two or three parts right now. Like, he ne- dude, conquering. It's, he it's fucking insane. He's like, he's like, he clearly loves skateboarding. <laughs> he's obsessed. It's amazing. Oh, it's so rad. He kills it too. Yeah, and he never stops, like, with or without sponsors. He just keeps going, dude. Yeah. Which is how you know he's, like, it's it's part of him, you know, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. There's the people, like, the naturals, you know. And it's like Mike Dare was a natural, T-Bone, Ron Allen's a natural. You know, there's just some people that, you know, you have to practice and practice and practice. And then, like, they still practice, but you know what i mean they're just a natural they never lose stuff i guess i don't know how you'd say no it. yeah like i grew up skating with zared and zared is yeah. much like that yeah just, a warrior yeah yeah just has it you're like how the fuck is this killing it. yeah it's unbelievable Still killing it. i see him on his instagram yeah i was always the dude that had to practice all the tricks and he had them all, you know? <laughs> yeah. But you know, Mike Dare would not skate for a month and be like, Oh, Hey, Hey, look, I just learned this today. You're like, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. You're like, I rolled my ankle five times. Still trying that. Heavy yeah, I can't even imagine doing it. <laughs> <laughs> 25 years is insane, man. Um, Maybe let's go back to that like uh starting the shop and how'd that come to be and yeah so i had my career you know pro career new deal uh let's see turned pro in 91 and the 96 i started riding for torque thomas taylor's company in atlanta yeah stormy pruitt my dude yeah stormy grant taylor's dad yeah yeah that's awesome um that's that's who ran torque 
Yeah, Thomas Mouse. Yeah. Oh yep. shit. He started oh, shit. all everything. Yeah. Me, Brian Chung, Chad Kramer. Um yeah, it was I a fun time. Chad my homie up by my, you guys. Yeah, yeah. And my homie Craig Piva was getting boards from Torque for a while too. Oh, cool. Yeah, he, he owns No Problemo up here in New Bedford, Mass. It's a Mexican restaurant. He's tied in with Solstice Skate Shop, uh, oh, Piva. All right. Yeah, that yeah. shop's sick. That's how I heard about Torque because in New Bedford, it was like I was going to Solstice Skate Shop and Piva was like the skate rat but party dude and he was always skating Torque and he was he was telling me about it. It was sick. All right. Yeah. So, but my night, so how did I do the shop? So I went on tour in 96. Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry to stop you, but um, maybe run. Maybe I was jumping ahead, or yeah. Tell me a little more about New Deal. Like, how'd that go? Like, what was a pro career like at this time? What Where'd you go? What videos? That was was the time of my life. I couldn't ask for a better time. Like, New Deal was, you know, Smith and them and Douglas. They just were on it. They knew everybody. Had the best distributors. I mean, I went. I mean, now pros go everywhere, but for 1991 to 96, I went to like England, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, wow. Belgium, Holland, Japan, Australia, Colombia, South America, Dominican Republic, Australia. Holy shit. We went to Australia in 93 for a month called Big Day Out there, which was like Lollapalooza here. It was us, it was me, Julian Stranger, Alan Peterson, Karma Chef, and Ron Kanigi. And we toured Australia for a month with Ramones, Bjork, Soundgarden, Smashing Pumpkins. What? In yeah, did I say the Ramones and the yeah. Breeders, the Breeders and Bjork? And it was insane time in my life. Like I, I didn't even know what was going on. Kind of, it was just flying. You had Alan Peterson ollieing over the hips, like thirty feet high. Back then, when we had little ass wheels, and you're just like these snake runs were like twelve feet deep, and you're just like it was. Australia was the most fun I've ever had in my life. The it was funny like every there was like five concerts and you know we'd be backstage or ever we'd do a demo and then the bands would play that's why i met dustin dolan um tuss pappas was out there then tuss was already in the u.s back and forth because of mad circle then but but that that trip was i mean it was that was during the fires too so when we were going from different concerts everything was burning so all the hotels were were fully packed so we had to sleep on the beaches and stuff and it was funny so we get there you know we stop and we end up sleeping on the beaches and we have a cooler of beer and we go to bed and when we wake up the cooler beer is gone and they're all like oh that's cool mate when a party ends, the next party can come and take the beer and keep partying, and that's okay. And I was like, "This is the coolest fucking place in the world." Like, <laughs> you know, you, you don't steal anything, but if there's beer, you're asleep, mate. That's our beer now. Like, <laughs> it was just one of those Australian, you know. Uh, but that place, Australia is like 
Florida, California, and Hawaii all thrown together with a whole bunch of really cool people. Like, yeah. It's just so fun. Like, I had to been my probably the best place to ever been. What, uh, the demos, what was the setup? Was it a mini ramp in a cage or was it street stuff? Oh, street stuff. They had semis. We had school buses and big semis that brought, they set up the concert. It was in football stadiums. Wow. And it was full on, like, la la palooza like they had trucks that would spray the crowd and the crowd would throw their beer at the truck it was like what a great marketing idea now they all gotta go buy more beer and the truck would come every hour and spray everybody they don't have to buy it they can just take it from whoever's sleeping yeah that's true yeah That's such an Australian thing. It's like, it yeah, just keeps moving. Yeah, just everybody keep having fun. Just shows the take care of each other, you know? Like, don't take one up on someone. Like, we're all here for one reason. It's you getting better than that person's not going to help anything, you know? Yeah. We all That's insane. Together, you know? how, old were, how old were you when you were doing all these trips? Well... 19 when i turned pro so australia i was probably 21 so it's like your college years dude yeah. To, yeah yeah and then 96 i went on a tour that's when they put bucky lassick on and um uh, who was um that was the bucky lassick trip and after that tour I was, that's when skating like changed. Everything was getting bigger. Trannies were getting bigger. It was getting into that era of 2000, you know, and I could just see it coming. Where extreme, extreme. Changed. Yeah. And it was just like, I don't know if I can last through all this one. <laughs> and I would be hanging out with Thomas because he owned Stratosphere and he, the skate shop. And that's where Twerk was run out of. And I was just like, this is so cool, like selling everybody else. Like, I don't have to sell myself anymore. I can sell him, him, (laughs) you know? And it was like, so he was my inspiration, my motivation to do the shop. And then also, you know, being out in SF, Kent from FTC, the way he did all of his videos and collaborated people from all over was how we kind of did our shop videos back then when we started so i kind of took a california and a georgia and kind of blended together and tried kind of tried to create the west side in florida so and what's funny is when i opened it was roll like i'm in pinellas county and then skate park of tampa's in hillsborough county so we're about 45 minutes away on traffic wise maybe a half hour if it's a good day but we were in two counties so we work really good together well back then there was just the park there and i think it was world market was open then too but that was it for skateboarding on the on this side it was mandalay and a couple like surf shops in the mall so there was no skate shop so when i opened everybody on my side was like you're opening just selling skateboards like you're not gonna sell skimboards and swimsuits he's not gonna last he's done well the next year the shoes hit 
and I was friends with T-Bone from riding for TSA and stuff. So boom, I had the inside with Osiris. I had, I had probably eight colorways of the D3 just flying through the door. <laughs> I made so much money that next year on D3s, it was hilarious. I had every jock in school that come in like, yo, just got out of wrestling. You got that shoe, it's like this big. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, I need the white ones. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we had a closet. That's all it was with D3s. And then you would have, you know, your Etnies and your S and, you know, but it was, that's all it was. It was just D3, you know? And that's so good to hear. Money. Yeah. And all that money, I then bought other shit, brought in other brands. And then once the D3 was done, I think it was the BAM hit. It was like, BAM, whoa. And then we had the BAM time. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Got through the BAM time. And then it was the Deerdick. <laughs> the Deerdick time. <laughs> it's so rad to hear that because it's like when you think of the D3, the BAM, and Deerdick, you think mainstream, you think almost like, skateboarders are getting screwed off of that deal but it's good to hear that that all translated to shop sales for you who's a core skateboarder you know yeah because back then there wasn't five zoomies around me there wasn't five van stores around me there was just me and three surf shops yeah so it was my time and then what i heard too what was fucked up was when they went to open stores. I'm not going to say either one who I'm not going to pinpoint anybody, but when they went to open stores, they went to some of the companies and took their numbers and found their best sections and planted their stores around us. You know, it was just like, really? On top of us already battling against these, and then you give them an inside line, you know? Yeah. Just, and then what gets me is after all that, then Nike comes in and everyone's like, what's the corporate America? And I'm like, you guys already gave it to Zoomies and all these other people. Like, of, you know, of course these people are coming. And yeah. the Nike thing and the Adidas, if you ride the waves right, they work. Sometimes you get washed out. Sometimes you ride the wave, you know, it's, that's that battle of, you know, big business you know but yeah it's funny because like skateboarding goes through that at the waves the the lows and the highs and people are those corporations come in when you're up and they you know if you can play it correctly and then there's other come on time when it's down boy they ain't nowhere <laughs> that's when that's when like the real t-bones and skaters carry the the fucking shit forward regardless you know yeah like yeah. now you know now I see a, I see a change. I don't know wh who yet it's going to be, but I see there's an opening for a new shoe, you know what I mean? Department, I think. I think we've had the Nike and the Adidas. We've had the smaller brands, but I think there's an opening now for someone to create something that all the people want to skate that will be more of a functioning shoe than a style shoe, I think, is yeah. the right now. There's nothing, you know how everything was so tech and they made everything so functionable and this works so well. Now everything just is like penny loafer, you know, just 
look cool. You know what I mean? There's no techness, I guess. So I think S is trying to really come back at that that way. You know, they're bringing back their older stuff, but maybe I think if they change it and, you know, try to create a new tech shoe, I just, yeah. I see as a retailer, I just see there's nothing to be like, dude, this shoe is so comfortable, you know, last this was longer. You know what I mean? There's none of that anymore. Because when I had the shop, that was the first thing was, I'm tired of this, you know, and the kid's shoes like, and it's like, I'm in here every month. And, you know, for, for me, that, that shoe was a cost in one. It was like comfort. It lasted. It was like a good to jump down. You could still flick like. Yep. Yeah. That changed. That was the shoe that changed the shoe era. Just like the Janowski changed it to the casual looking boat shoe thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it's, I think it's time for, you know, that new Costin or a new Janowski or a new something to change the style. I don't know. That's. It's, I feel like you're right because I, there is like a lot of, it's like a, almost a recycling. There's a lot of young kids getting into it again. So those kids are going to want to have comfortable shit on their feet and actually do the tricks. And that's what they're going to worship compared to just the image of it, you know? Well, it's like know. when Nike came in, right? Nike came in with all these different tech shoes, trade and all this stuff. And you had dvs trying to look like vans and america trying to look like vans and everyone tried to have a half cab up here so it was all half cabs up here and then you had nike with all this tech stuff so the consumer went to the tech stuff so they had something to talk about and say look how good this is and see what this has and i don't feel we have that anymore you know it's just like colors on the wall and that's it there's there's no story like for the for the shoe i guess you would say you know yeah yeah so maybe what's some trials and tribulations with the shops that, that you've had over the years like any uh break-ins anything crazy oh yeah well back those times yeah i think we had like four attempts to break in um i have a steel door in the back with a big uh, steel rod you know because they tried to bend the door open so we had a Put a steel rod in the back then the front uh you got the glass with the double sticker stuff so when they break it it just shatters and then behind that is bars <laughs> because you gotta remember we have hurricanes here so we're out of power sometimes for a couple of days so yeah. i've always kind of had to make the shop somewhat fort knox ish and then but the last knock on actually knock on wood um <laughs> the, <laughs> the last few probably four years have been okay we had one incident where someone broke into a car into the parking lot like ballsy like seven o'clock at night like when the shop was still open you know like but that's because they were kind of parked out in the back of the parking lot but other than that we've been all right kind of lately you know but yeah i got cameras everywhere now it's like it's a lot different than it was you know have you, have you, has it only been one location for the full time? Um, I've had three at one time. Um, now I just have the Tarpon and Largo one, which is the perfect combo. I think I, I like the two shops. Um, yeah. Gives enough people hours and stuff like that too. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And uh, what about Tampa? Like how's that tie in with everything you've been doing? Have you just been going to Tampa for, from the beginning pretty much? 
the contest and all that stuff? Um, well, yeah, I skated in them. So, you know, 96, I skated in them and 95. I think I got fourth, sixth place in 95 and ninth place in 96 at Tampa Pro. Hell yeah. And I opened the shop in 97. So then I stopped skating the pro. Because then I felt, oh, cool, I got shot now. I don't have to do it. <laughs> and they came out with a TM contest, I think, like five years later. I was like, oh, that's my turn now. So did those <laughs> for some years. That was fun. Then Matlin became team manager. It was all over then. He won them all. <laughs> yeah, Nick is so good, dude. Still. Have you seen him lately? Y'all have to follow Nick Matlin. He's on fire in his 40s. It's insane. <laughs> my my next episode going up on Tuesday is with Nick Matlin. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Such a le- such a legend. And he's like learning tricks daily now, like at 42 or however old he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. He's had stuff in his mind for like 20 years and he's like finally pulling it off. It's amazing. <laughs> Such but a he's, he's another natural too. Like he got sponsored by Dogtown when he was like nine or 10 years old at Astro. They came, he had a Dogtown adventure and we're like, you little fucker. <laughs> he got like all the dopest shit first we're like what the fuck <laughs> and him and his brother were rags they look like mario and luigi <laughs> dad looked like king mario yeah we called them the mario brothers when they were kids yeah, yeah. that's awesome <laughs> yeah matlin's like my little brother yeah tell me tell me uh, a t-bone story if you got one on deck <laughs> the best one ever so we're in ebor my wife and t-bone take off i'm like going somewhere i was like all right i'll meet you guys over at noah's studio our buddy noah does art he does these sculpture cans it takes these red bull cans and he sculpts them with his hands and makes them on these spinny things he's been traveled to red bull contest over in switzerland and i mean it's amazing i'll have to pull his instagram up right here but so they go over to Noah's studio to meet up with him. And, you know, I don't know if anybody's people have been to Ebor, but it's the most drunkest people in the world. <laughs> yeah, Ebor is wild for everyone listening. It's definitely wild. Wait, so is it, are those made out of the ca- actual cans? I'm confused. Yeah, that's a Red Bull can that he takes his fingers and he does Whoa. that all by hand. It's unbelievable. He sold them for thousands of dollars. That's intense. Yeah. Um, so they're at that his studio, right? So they walk out the door, and there's this guy's like, "What's up?" And T Bone goes, and just knocks the guy out, grabs Liz, and walks up in the studio. <laughs> Liz said it wasn't even two. The guy just said, "What's up?" Like he was gonna fight him, and in two seconds he's on the ground, knocked out. And my wife's like, being pulled up to the thing. Come on, let's go. <laughs> and the guy they laid out. It's like a casual knockout. It's, yeah, two seconds. Like <laughs> you don't fuck with Tivo. Yeah, no, dude, those are so insane, man. Dude, it's incredible what he does. Like That's I said, cool. when you get a chance to check out his page, you guys will shit your pants. It's Noah Deletta, but 
That's yeah. the name of his Insta? He did all the art for the shop. He's my original artist. He's a friend of mine when I, in 1997, my friend gave me a laptop and I was like, oh, I don't to do with this. So, hey, Noah, you want this? And he's like, cool. And that created, took his art from drawing and put it what? in, you know, computers, do all my graphics. And then now he's doing this now. That's so sick. It's nice when you find someone that's like got a passion in something and you can help each other out. That's fucking epic. Whoa, that's that of my son. How big is that thing? That's huge. Yeah, that was that's my first son. So you know when you have your first kid, you're like, "Where's my first kid?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. The other two are like, "Where's our fucking painting?" Yeah, that's dad? what it is. The <laughs> twins are like, "Why didn't we get a picture?" Oh, this is pretty cool. I don't know if you can see it. This old New Deal. Oh, that's yeah. sick. Oh, this is um Brian Lottie. Dang. Is that a pencil or pen? It's hard to tell. Or is it ink? It's an ink. It's a print. Oh, I think print. it's like okay. screen printed. That's sick. Yeah, he gave it to me at a trade show. He's a cool dude. That's so crazy, man. It made, it made me think like, uh, have you had other jobs besides like like um besides skateboarding because like around new deal were you getting paid just to skate because you're traveling a shit ton so you must have been yeah i actually did pretty well like they said i was the best selling board for like three or four years so we were guaranteed 1500 a month but i'd usually make around two grand 2500 my best check i think was like 3500 for my gi joe gi john board Nice. That's it. Remember getting that check and went down and got rims, a stereo, like <laughs> blew the whole thing, like <laughs> on my Civic, like <laughs> that's, you you know, that car is what you went everywhere to go skate and film. That was pretty much my house, you know, like yeah. my buddy Cooley, he works for DGK. Well, when I first got that Civic, he rode for Mad Circle. So they sent Wingding and Cooley to me in florida and we went on a trip from florida up to alabama tennessee and then north carolina and then came back down so that's you know you that car was my house and then that car went to california and yeah the beginning of the black civic era yeah that's sick you gotta look fresh in that thing if you're living like, in it Tony Hawk has one. I got to get one. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the Actually, Burnout Project video. Remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I think Tony and um, Jason Ellis started a podcast recently. Oh, wow. Pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I was like, I didn't really look into it fully, but I saw like an episode where they were together and I was like, I wonder if this is a one-off or if they actually just have a show together now. Not to look into oh, it. Ellis was cool. I remember he was... Um, I think what was he doing? X Games, San Francisco. I think he was one of the announcers or something for a little while. But yeah, yeah, I hung with them then for a little bit. So what's going on nowadays, man? With uh, you have another board with New Deal out right now, like a reissue. Oh yeah, this is when you feel old. So <laughs> this is my first board, thirty years ago. So this was the third color they made. The actual first. See, this was pretty cool because this was the first color. Yeah. That's sick. Dude. I never thought about this, but 
all my friends wrote for Alien Workshop back in the day, and I came out with an alien graphic. Yeah, <laughs> by proxy. Yeah, you were just like, I want to do that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and this was funny because that's when we started like blazing and stuff. So I was like passing the duty. <laughs> that's awesome. Is that a shape deck too? It's got like it looks a little. Yeah, this round. is my original shape. This is the only impossible shape. Late shove it board. Those are the three colorways. Yeah, they came out with. And that looks sick, man. That's awesome. How's that feel? It's cool to have yeah, that out. Crazy. The only bad part is, you know, like this came in, and I'm like, oh, I suck now. <laughs> so i'm just gonna enjoy this part of it now. <laughs> so it's that mental game you know like when this came out you had to produce and like you know like that's why this is here so it's weird like getting it going mm. Could yeah. be a coffee table that's that's cool that that's cool that you wanted to like um you were sick of like promoting yourself and like you you really you, you enjoyed the shop uh, aspect of it where you just can promote other people's brands i you know i've always enjoyed skateboarding and watching other people skateboard you know like different so styles and the way people skate so when i started going to contests half the time i'd be like oh that was sick oh look at, oh wait i'm supposed to do something you know like more starstruck i guess you would say you know kind of because i don't know it just was that way i guess i was kind of looked up to a lot of people you know yeah that's cool man i i kind of can relate a little bit because i get overwhelmed at those events and i'm definitely a, a fan of all those all the rippers so you're like it's kind of it's good to be able to have a shop and share all their stuff you know i think to me honestly like i've come to i guess i don't know come to mind or come to myself that i did that i had a lot of fun doing that i did a lot of skating from then to now it's like i never stopped and sat on the couch for five years and went oh hey i think i'll skate you know i've skated the whole way through and then my injuries started taking me down and then when my kids being older you know that era of you know 10 to pretty much 16 or 18 is like your time with your kids where you can kind of try to teach them whatever you can so and i've always put skateboarding on the pedestal and the rest of my life down here so it's kind of like i'm kind of turning it around for once and letting skateboarding be down here and trying to pay attention to my life more i guess you would say yeah no i think there's a lot of people what's that that new balance sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no no yeah yeah i think there's a lot of people out there that are like that i was definitely like that like skateboarding's paramount and then you kind of neglect other things relationships and stuff in your life and it's a uh, it's and uh, yourself too you don't really yeah pay attention to actually who you are you're trying to be something all the time or or try to you know perform or you know like when you show up oh i gotta do a kickflip or yeah you know i gotta do a big ollie like you know just because i'm here i have to like no i don't i can just watch everybody and enjoy it and not have the pressure that you gotta 
show that I'm here and I'm still cool or you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. How no, that, yeah. Yeah, that, I agree, man. You know, so I don't know how Tony Hawk does it. <laughs> I had a Tony Hawk, you know, <laughs> and I've already done all this and I've already had this and I got this, you know what I mean? And he's still just, I just saw something in Miami where he just did a blunt back tail at some Bitcoin thing or, you know, thing. I'm just like, yeah, he like skated at a Bitcoin convention and like a ramp and stuff. I, saw, I heard about that. He's killing it. Does an eggplant or does a ham plant blunt back tail. Like I couldn't do a blunt back tail to save my life still. And <laughs> now, like, <laughs> have you ever done a blunt back tail? Like, well, I don't think so. I don't either. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. T- t- Tony's still doing insane stuff, and he's like technically retired. I feel like he's he's been so successful that he has to. There's still just so many opportunities, and he probably can't stop because it's that's like what, that. That yeah, yeah. But just the ability to still be able to do it too. It's physically. a lot on your brain, like and yeah. physically too, like you know. Yeah, the pressure, even the pressure you apply to yourself when you're trying to like create something or film something or shoot something for something. It's like a lot, man, to to be able to do that. And those dudes done that. Remember like Danny Way, like jumping the Great Wall of China. There's like they put but put so much pressure like on themselves to perform a great stunt. Dude, and he like sprained his ankle. They had to shoot him up with a bunch of cortisone and then do it. That passion, you know what I mean? It's like stuntman shit at that point, dude. Yeah, and he's another warrior. Like he's like, you know, walks up like Terminator, you know, and then, you know, he's unbelievable. Yeah. They kind of hit that wave where everything was like that, that, that uh, there was the top of the mountain wave where there's just money and opportunity. If you're willing to jump the great wall, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, are you willing to jump out of a helicopter? Then let's go. He's probably still living on that money. That's what paid for the house in Hawaii or something. (laughs) For real. Just think about that though. He brought (laughs) communist countries together for him to fly over their, their wall. How crazy (laughs) is that? You ever think about that, you know? Yeah. They had to, like, get together to let one land into the other. Like, That's so wild to think about. Yeah. His his backside air or whatever, like, united them. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that crazy? (laughs) No one else can get through there, but Danny Way good. (laughs) Only if he does, like, a crazy air. Then they're like, yeah, fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. We're good. (laughs) I got an idea. He should, he or someone, maybe Bob Burnquist, should go down to the border wall that Trump was building. Fucking air that bitch straight <laughs> up over, dude. <laughs> Aaron walls left and right. <laughs> Break down some barriers right there. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> the world nowadays. Wow. That's so awesome, man. Uh, on New Deal, to, uh, I, to be honest, man, I didn't even realize New Deal was. Uh, doing doing too much because i'm kind of out of the loop just in work and being up in new england and totally doing- they they you know they had new deal they did our era then we all um then when they got rid of that era of new deal um they waited about a year or two and then they started the new crew of uh new deal i think it was in 2000 it was like Kenny Reed, um, Ricky O, Ricky Iola, 
Uh, Lincoln Uedo. Ooh, so good. Uh, Rob Gonzalez. Yeah, Rob G. Uh, yeah, Rob G. So, um, and then all those guys were the new era. And then Element blew up. So Element made all this money. They floated New Deal with the Element money. And Element, New Deal did good. Those guys killed it. But those both worked really good together. Then they sold Element. Once they sold Element, they were just kind of like, I think they might have rode New Deal out for a little longer with 411 and stuff. But then that kind of wasn't working anymore. Graphics were changing. Skating was changing. And then New Deal kind of just sat there. Someone, I think, I think Paul and them still owned it, but it just sat there. No one did anything. There was no pros. There was no nothing. So for 20 years, it just kind of sat 15 years. And then on 30 years of it, Andy and Paul and Steve and Gorham got together and were like, hey, why don't we do a reissue of 30 years? We'll do 1990, 91, and 92. And that's where we're in right now is on the 1991 series. And then 92, I think, is going to be Ron Carnegie. Um, I'm not sure who else. I'm excited to find out, but I know Ron's getting aboard for sure. Um, Fuck yeah. So, yeah. So the all the graphics. I, I, don't know, I liked all the New Deal graphics, but... My favorite were the first probably four years of four or five years. Was so, um yeah. so. was a New Deal and Element was that like giant distribution? Yeah, giant distribution. So what happened was Paul Smith owned PS owned Smith Sticks, and it was through Vision, and Vision finagled the way to steal Paul's name by buying Smith Sticks. So Paul lost Smith Sticks, the name. He was owned by Vision now. So Andy and Douglas and those guys, Gorm, were like, hey, we're done with Vision. We want to start our own thing. Why don't we do our own thing? And why don't we call it the New Deal? Because, you know, our New Deal. And Paul was like, well, I can't do anything with it because of Smith Sticks. And they're like, well, you just be P.S. Sticks. You just be the wood shop and be the quiet guy. So Paul P.S. Sticks was a wood shop for New Deal. Douglas and them ran it. And then once there was enough time, P.S. Sticks went on its own. Then they created Giant Distribution, which was 411, New Deal, Element, Mad Circle. Yes. And um, dude, Mad Circle was Destructo. Destructo trucks, too. Yeah, hell yeah. I used to love Mad Circle, man. Uh, Bobby Pulio. I'm trying to think who else wrote for him, but I just remember being super stoked on Mad Circle. Ding, ding, Mike Ko. He was the shit. Justin Gerard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. you're filling in gaps for me. I didn't realize Giant was 4 and one and New Deal and Mad Circle. Yeah, yeah. and then Twist was the artist for Mad Circle, which was the most fam- one of the most famous graffiti artists in San Francisco. No shit. Yeah, did all the twists. If you ever went in San Francisco and seen like screws looking yep. stuff, that was twist. Yeah. No shit. Wow. I've actually I never got to meet him or nothing, but I really, really like enjoyed seeing all of his art. I loved all the graphics and stuff. That was Justin Gerard's thing out of SF. Yeah. That circle. So it's so it's so cool to hear this like behind the scenes like stuff about all this. Cause as a little kid, I was just like 
you you just like i don't even know how old i was but still like coming in it's like seems like it's all the biggest shit in the world you're like these guys are it's so big and unattainable but then to hear the behind the scenes stories and who's involved and how it all connected is like like oh these are just skateboarders doing this shit finding ways to make it happen basically well underworld element it was is element now and underworld element did a video called sky pager and it probably had to be one of the coolest videos that came out back then because it was so off the norm the way it was you know the beep beep harold hunter's part harold's got a part in that yeah i remember seeing that like yeah yeah that shit was sick sky pagers are a good one yeah i um element's still going too man uh barley and westgate live around me they're not too far so they're always doing stuff with element barrel jumps and like is donnie still working for uh, is donnie still doing the stuff with element as far as I know, I'm pretty sure I had, I talked to him like a week ago cause we're about to do a skate jam up here. Uh, and I was going to have him come in. A, uh, we're going to do a 35 and over division. And I was like, it'd be sick if we had Donnie Barley come announce that with me. Cause like, oh, yeah, all those. Himself. Yeah, exactly. He's so, a natural too. Oh dude, just natural on the board. And then just natural with his style. Like yeah. he has one of those styles that you can tell is just, yeah. he has it, you know, it wasn't oh, worked yeah. on too much. Best backside tail in the business. Oh, man. Shifty Ollie's backside tails, backsmiths, pretty much everything he just does correctly. But I think he's still working with Element. I'm not 100% sure, but I know they're down here with him. It was a lot of fun. Just because after the pandemic, that's why I was just curious. A lot of them. Yeah, that's what. Sorry, back. Yeah, that's why I'm not 100% sure because the pandemic, I've kind of been out of the loop again. And I've just been so focused on everything we're doing with all I need in world and just spending crazy. Like, I, I'm kind of like you, uh, John, like I did the whole amateur or flow and pro thing and like always pr- had to like promote myself and I wasn't a natural. So I always had to work really hard at like getting my name out there, getting my footage out there. It wasn't like, and then when I started my own brand, it was like, kind of a relief because i was like oh i can just promote the brand with all my friends and hook them up and they can do the skating and help them out instead of me having to be the face of something you know you get a lot more power to to project that stuff when you don't have to perform too yeah it's hard when you're trying to promote yourself because it just seems like it seems wrong on some level you know but then when you get to the point where you can help others and promote them it's like that's way easier for sure Yep. Yeah, it's like Great. bro, you never wear your own t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was back in the day. I love Mike McGill. Hi, Mike McGill. We're Florida representative, but but that was always a thing. Mike always wore his own shirt. We were like, oh, you can't wear your own shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were assholes. That's all that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were dicks. <laughs> yeah, skating's changed. Skating's changed. When I was younger, there was a lot more dicks involved, and they served a purpose, you know? Like, <laughs> well, you were just more um, vocal on your opinions. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. yeah. You could be more vocal on your opinions. You didn't have to uh, filter yourself as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
this day this day and age is wild it's like everyone's so connected and everyone thinks they're starting a movement or changing the world and it's like oh my god and they're all hoarding toilet paper too yeah yeah (laughs) it's like let's all relax and realize we're all one thing together that needs to figure out how to coexist like stop trying to divide and conquer what got me is 90% of the people have a toilet next to a shower. <laughs> so the whole toilet paper issue just never made sense to me. <laughs> yeah, just take a shower, bro. <laughs> if you really came down to it, you'd just time them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bought I bought a I bought a bidet because I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna have a bidet. Yeah. So my asshole, my asshole is fucking a little yeah, water in there. Yeah. I remember the first time in Europe going, what the fuck is that thing? In the hotel. I was like, what is this thing? Push the bunch. I think that's a water fountain. <laughs> oh man. Someone's done that for sure, dude. Just drinking it. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> Yeah, man. So fucking this, those things are, things are awesome. It's a little, un, it's a little, it takes a little while to get used to when you have a day, first few sports. <laughs> yeah. I'm a veteran now though. I sit down, I hold that button for about a minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you? You live in Massachusetts? Yeah. I'm like outside Boston by like a half an hour. I'm right. I'm literally, um, uh, a stone's throw from uh, the Foxborough stadium where the Patriots play. Okay. I'm like maybe 10, less than 10 minutes from there. Um, cool. I love, I love where I'm at right now. I'm uh, outside. I mean, uh, I'm right near an indoor skate park. So when winter hits, I got the edge indoor skate park. It's yeah, about yeah, yeah 30,000 square foot indoor park that everybody goes to. Cause there's not a lot of indoor parks. There's one in uh, Connecticut called the hive, which my homie Charlie owns. That's a little smaller. It's still a good size, but it's not 30,000 square feet like the edge. And then there's one in New Hampshire, which is red alert, which my homies own. And that one's even smaller. So there's only so many indoor parks. And when winter comes, it's intense, you know, you can't go outside for a long time. So we all end up at the edge. People come from all over new England to go to skaters edge and skate and, uh, it's a lifesaver. So having that, and then all these epic parks popping up all over the place outside. And then I'm right near Boston. So street skating and all these like surrounding suburbs and towns, there's so many spots. And then I'm four hours from New York city. So we could drive in there. Connecticut's got the cities too. Um, I love where I'm at. I, I went out and did the whole California thing when I rode for Birdhouse and traveled with Tony and did all that stuff. That was epic. And then I got a chance to ride for New York. And when I rode for New York, I was like, I'm going the fuck home because now I can be on the East Coast and make a living skating. And uh, for a New York demo, was it New York demo or world demo when you guys came? Uh, I'm trying to think it was, I want to think it was world industries, maybe Andrew Cannon and me and Franklin and my uh, friend. Yes. Yes. I think that was that one. Yep. Yeah. That was that one. Yeah. I went to the Stewie's up Stewie's up there by your grandparents used to live. Yeah, man. My grandparents would always come to the Tampa AMs and pros and sit and sweat their balls off in the fucking stands. <laughs> I was like, do they pass out while I'm doing yeah. my runs? Yeah. That's awesome. man. That's, <laughs> cool. that's so cool. I'm trying to go down to Tampa, maybe Tampa October. pro. October. Yeah. Is that the, the, 
pro is october though or no pro is october. yeah i'm trying to go down and maybe skate in the tm contest if they'll let me last time they they kicked me out because i like had pop still <laughs> oh yeah i know <laughs> i was like dude i got riders i signed my riders up <laughs> fucking i'm over 35 i don't know what it takes to get in this yeah thing. you should so, argue if madeline's entered why can't i <laughs> i think they'll let me in this year because my pops dog shit so they might be like he's not gonna beat clemens so let him in dude you know what i mean because <laughs> i want i'm like you man i wanted to go and like not have all the pressure but i still wanted to pretend like i was uh something special yeah in the that, that was fun then yeah and then um yeah. street league's coming to jacksonville no shit yeah i just saw that my friend just hit me up and that's in uh november that's gonna oh. be sick man i've never been to one so i think I'm, we're gonna go up and check it out i think it'd be fun my good homie uh mike hathaway he was in the first all i need video we produced he moved down to jacksonville and he just hangs out with peterson and always oh, filming nice. and skating with him a lot man peterson so killed it he was just that spot i saw the footage they had a old man bull jam and he destroyed it destroyed it backside boneless on that big ledge thing out of the bowl that's like five feet high into the bowl and kick i think he did kick foot blunt and like it's just <laughs> fucking killed it <laughs> he, he's much like t-bone where he just keeps getting yes yeah, he is the t-bone of of our florida for sure <laughs> that's a quote mike peterson's the t-bone of florida <laughs> yeah, dude, he's the goat boy i mean when you think he grew up at kona everything's like 10 12 feet high so everything's like a mini ditch to him probably you know and his outlook it's like yeah you know it's like playing game we <laughs> that's so true kona park, kona park is a lot of big ass concrete and just like insane man yeah me and nick matlin had a wheel company called paradise wheels for about seven i think it was about seven years and mike rode for us so no shit i didn't know that was you and matlin doing i think matlin talked about paradise wheels maybe yeah. he mentioned that but we actually had a wheel that when you bought it, we put money to the conservation of the ocean back in the day. Yeah. Damn. Good move, and dude. Turtles and all the trash and you know all the pollution. You know, coming from Florida, you know, it was one of the cool things we did. But that was really fun. That was fun doing that. How was that? Um, how was it running a wheel company or keeping it go? How long did you say you had a company? We had about seven years. Matlin took care of all like the filming, the art direction, all that. I did all like the bookkeeping and everything. And it was really fun because wheels don't go bad. You know, you can keep them if you keep them in the dark forever for a really long time. They're not expensive, you know, a set of wheels cost you, you know, 10, 15 bucks compared to a deck could be 20, 25. Nowadays, some decks are 30, you know, if they're screen printed or, <coughs> you know, everything's just gone up crazy. So wheels, you get a lot made for a lot less. The only hard part with wheels is getting the graphic dialed. But luckily we had Noah, which Noah from the cans, He's just a graphic genius, so he dialed that in right away. So we had really clean graphics, too, which was cool. That's so rad, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I was, remember Paradise seeing the ads and stuff, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. FTK, remember that magazine? I had the cover. Um, 
of yeah. one of the issues. You did have the cover. I remember that. That's right. That was a big deal to me, dude. I was like, this is sick. <laughs> that was actually, I had an interview. That's when I wrote, I wrote for Zoo York. I had a full interview. That's right. Yep. That's New York. Yep. So crazy, man. I know. Time's flown. I just can't believe it's been 30 years since. Listen, I can't believe the shop's 25 years. That's even crazier. That's unbelievable to me, man, because I don't think people realize like the grind or the work it takes to maintain the shop through all the ups and downs. <laughs> and like people, it's a lot, man. It's not a given, you know? No, it's, you know, like you say, the wave is the hardest part, you know? When it's good, you got to really kind of pay attention to your money and don't blow it. So when it's bad, you've got money to live off of, you know, and that's kind of the balance we've had. Yeah, the fact that you're a lifer and you truly love skateboarding helps because there are people that get into shops and stuff and they don't actually live the lifestyle of skating and have all the community. They're going to have a real rough time when there's no popularity, you know? Well, yeah, I mean it's one of those things where you gotta love it. And like, if I need to turn 30 shoe boxes into a bed, I will. I mean, <laughs> if I gotta take a bunch of boards and turn them into a couch, you know, we'll figure it out. You know I mean? If you can't sell them and turn them into your life, you know, but. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for having me on here too. This has been fun. Hope I didn't bore and put a bunch of people to sleep. Wake up. It's over. <laughs> no way dude no way this this was fucking awesome the people that listen to the podcast are just people that love skateboarding and lifers so they definitely uh enjoyed this con i know i did you helped me out a lot um oh thank you i was really really stoked when you hit me up to do this yeah we're you're gonna have to come back on man we'll give it a few months but we'll catch well, yeah back up we'll again. have to do one where i'm at the shop and then i can go through like what was cool about me being pro is we got to pick our own graphics and create our own graphics for pretty much uh 27 models so probably around 22 of them each wow. one was somewhere on tour i picked up a pack of matches from australia this was a liquor bottle and you know australia or you know this one guy gave me this when i left here you know so there's a bunch of stories a bunch of history at the shop from you guys coming, different sign boards i think i have the zoo york board signed from you guys like i think there's a bunch of stuff at the shop that well that's our net that's our next episode then we'll do it at west side and you'll walk me through some of this epic shit you got that would be fun yeah so yeah Cool. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate everything, man. It was yeah. really good to catch up. You made me feel like less crazy as a human because I uh, love skating like you and have stuck with it. You know how sometimes you just get older and older and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? But <laughs> I'm going to be 50 in a year. Don't tell me. <laughs> yeah, but you're doing you're good, doing good, man, because you've uh, you've done the amateur pro. You've done the family. You've started brands and companies and helped other people employ them and keep them going you're you're getting the videos out there helping those kids build identity and and find a niche and create a little bit uh get a little bit of money so they can figure out what they're doing like you've done the full gambit man and it's it's uh inspiring to me and it keeps uh -huh. me sane it makes me want to keep going you know oh, so you. i appreciate it yeah thank you